Welcome back, one and all, to another Sec Manager. This is episode 131 of your favourite Tottenham podcast. Someone's, I'm John. Uh, and I'm John. Someone's boastful. Um, <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. Um, so, as I said, episode 131. Now, you have aptly titled this TISM, TISM. or This is Serious Mum. So do you want to tell our local listeners you know who may have been late on this and maybe even our international audience what the hell are you like talking that. about uh, well look in australia there used to be a band so like a not a, a super serious but like a tongue-in-cheek sometimes like a proper band but sort of tongue-in-cheek um humorous sort of lyrics um and they used to call themselves tism Sure, for this is serious, mum. Like, this is our job, sort of thing. And I suppose the reason I, I called this episode that is Liverpool were really our first test under Conte. You know, we've played and we haven't really lost in the Premier League with him. Uh, and we've beaten a lot of sides, but there haven't really been one of the top, you, what can we call it? The top three, let's say, because they're the really dominating. So this is the first time um, we had to face one of them. And I think before the game, I think both of us were hoping it got postponed because of COVID as well. <laughs> um, but it went ahead and, um, you know, I think I think we played really well. We should have won the game. Uh, we got a point. Um, so overall, you know, it was a, to me, it was a very good performance. Some of our players who um, probably are not sort of match fit did very well under the system. And under Conte, so obviously, whatever he's doing is working, and so that's really it's like, well, you know, this is a, this is going to be serious. We might do something, you know. <laughs> this is not finally, going to be, uh, finally, we've got some control. Going to be back. A, a Nuno, a Lascada, Crystal Palace, and get smashed. So. <laughs> Before we get into the game, it it feels like ages since we've actually reviewed an actual game as such. It's been but, a while since we played one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so. Obviously, there was no podcast last week because we just really didn't play. And I think everyone's had their opinion on um, what's going on in the UK with with COVID and and, and so forth. Um, I don't know if there's going to be more games this weekend that are going to be called off. I mean, who really knows? But um, we, obviously, there was the, um, what was the first game? Uh, was it Bur- obviously Burnley was was the whole pitch thing, but then yeah, there was um, there was Leicester, and um, was it uh, was it Brighton? It was Brighton. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking uh, Graham Potter, and I was thinking for some reason it was Norwich or something like that. But um, but no, it was. You, you are right. So we've missed we've missed those two games, and then even you know the before before we get into. Before we get into the gangs, I was about to read the launch into Liverpool with, 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 with the lineup and, and all that sort of thing. But um, I just wanted to get your your feel on us being you know, officially booted out of the uh, the Conference League over the last couple of days. I mean, I think we've all known pretty much over the last um, the last couple of weeks uh, since we missed the uh, the game against Rennes that this was the way that UEFA were were going to. I mean, 
there there were a couple of things that I think were just incredibly ludicrous, such as you know that we had to go that our case was heard behind in front of the the disciplinary board or whatever it was. It's something um, like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, P- purely because, you know, they wanted to investigate whether we were actually able to feel the team. And it's like, mate, like COVID isn't, is not is still around. I mean, you know, like at what point do you uh, do you not sort of understand that, um that this is a that this is a real thing. I mean, since then we've sort of we I feel certainly like we've been vindicated because so many other games have been you know called off, postponed, not exactly. only here but but throughout Europe and some of the leagues. And you know, I um, I for one, before I throw it to you, I for one am just glad it's there. We don't have to do any travelling. We can just you know um, focus just on the league. Personally, I, I don't believe in that conference league. I don't want to be a, any part of it. Um, I know it's a trophy, but I'm just not engaged with it whatsoever. I didn't even really bother with the games. The games are available here. You've got to pay a little bit extra for it. I just didn't even bother. was not not even willing to really follow it. You know, like, of course, you follow the, the things and we watch the extended highlights and all that sort of thing. All that stuff is available to us. But really, I wasn't completely engaged with the whole thing. I mean, this is a competition that is not meant for clubs like us. It is meant for minnow leagues to get European experience. I totally get that, and that's fine. They can go for their life. But um, <laughs> but but for me, I am I personally am glad that we're out of that competition. We can now look forward to the transfer window and we can also look forward to whatever cups that we're still in as well as, you know, um, we are, you know, reasonably well-placed. I mean, given that, you know, we've got a few games in a very hectic schedule to sort of, to sort of pounce, you know, like we are within reaching distance of being in the, in that sort of top four where that just sort of seems so far before, but um you know, I know that you were a big supporter of the Conference League, isn't that right? <laughs> <laughs> you, you're thinking of my evil twin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, no, look, I, I. You know what? Now that we, we're sort of we, we've got three games or whatever it is to catch up, because you know they've been postponed. Um, I'm more than happy to be out of this competition playing these ridiculous games because at least when the European week is on, we can catch up and play these games because none of the other teams I think we, we're we playing are in Europe. So there's that. If we had still had this competition from a logistical point of view, it would be terrible for our team. You know, he that, that we've got those gaps now where some of these games can be made up. Because don't forget, I think we're probably finishing earlier because haven't we got a World Cup this year? So lately, yeah, it's in like December or whatever because of December. You know, oh, okay, really? I didn't realize. Oh, yeah, because it's over there, super hot. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, but you still need. I'm assuming we're still going to finish earlier because um, you're going to have to start earlier next year so you can make up that have that month in the middle where the World Cup is going to is going to be held. So. It's easier for us because the load is less, so we can make up these games. And I think these games are vital because 
we are somewhere where we can actually reach top four and maintain that spot. So we're really one of those teams, um, especially now with Conte on board, to challenge for top four, which is, as you've said, for many years, our aim should always be top four, um, not only from a financial point of view, but a glamour point of view, like building fan base. Because you know That's the table, yeah. you know, when you talk about the Super League, that's the table that you want to be sitting at. Not not the uh, league cup or anything like that. You need to be <laughs> in that. Um, you definitely one hundred percent need to be in that uh, in that conversation for top four. Well, look, that's where um, the glamorous competition. It's the glamorous competition. Full stop. Don't forget, it's the Champions in, in is uh, amalgamation of the old UEFA Cup and the Champions League. And the old UEFA Cup, where you had second, third, and fourth playing was a very tough competition to win because, okay, you had the champions in the other one, but then you still had second, third, and fourth from the major leagues in there going for it. And that was, at times, could have been tougher than the champion, you know, than the, you know, champions, champ, oh, the old European Cup, I'm, I'm meant to say. So, yeah, uh, I'm just happy we're out of it. It's really ridiculous. Um, what do you do when you win it? You win a spot in the Europa Cup. It's like, really? It's like, <laughs> is that the glamour? You know, at least with the, you know, with the Europa, Europa League, you win that, you're in the Champions League. There's mm. that incentive. It's like, okay, great. But what's this? You know, you, you get a, a, a tour around Disneyland, you know, in summer or something. That's what yeah. the winners win or something. It's like, really? And look, and, and believe me, if there's the, – the, the other thing that sort of riled me up a little bit was that um, was that the decision needed to be made, like, so quickly, even when there was plenty of time in, like, January – because I think it's not until February because of um, maybe some of the winter breaks and so forth that are yeah, enforced. Northern in Europe always have a... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so like, why is, there, why is there this insistence that we needed to finish it so straight away? I, I, like, I totally get the whole thing about, you know, it leaves clubs in, in, in a scheduling, <clears throat> excuse me, scheduling sort of thing where they other clubs that, you know, Aren't sure if they've if they've qualified or not. So you know if that's if that's the answer to that question, then so be it. Um, but really, to say that there was no uh, actual time to to fit to fit in those particular games, I think it is just UEFA looking after UEFA, and um, I'm actually quite happy about it. <laughs> but, oh, but but but, but I think it was the reasoning. It was like the questions that we were. Um, hearing in the media that came from them that really riled me up where I just thought, you know, like we are being treated um, unfairly, um, even though even though I don't want to be in it, I, I like the outcome, but the way that that outcome came, came about with how they were um, firing questions and sort of accusing us. And, I mean, some of those, um, the fans from uh, Vitesse, Arnhem, I think, you know, where they were sort of almost... Um, uh, campaigning that uh, that the that our club did this on purpose um, was really just you know like their ultras were just like out of out of touch would, out of reality. Why would we? Why would we stop the game? So then we have to play it sort of later on, where say say example like you said, either December or January, 
when being an English club, there's so many fixtures. We don't stop. We don't slow down during Christmas. We <laughs> The league plays extra games. Like that, I think after Christmas, we play three in a week or something like that. And it's kind of like, well, it's we're not doing it to make our lives harder. We, you know, it's there's a reason why. There's a justifiable reason. It's not because we couldn't be bothered traveling. It's because COVID. What would have happened if if they were to travel to that game? Okay, half the half the teams out, and then but then who knows that some of those other players traveling would have had it and spread it to other players. You know, so they, they wanted Spurs to actually have 22 players out. Is that what was the goal? Mm. Was that what, it was ridiculous. Yeah, look, yeah, look. Uh, I think, you know, this is just another example of UEFA being the corporate. Um, oh, yeah. The corporate, corporate thing. The, you know, this, this is all about getting games on. You know, they don't want to have lockdowns and, and, uh, and all of that sort of thing, but. You know, but I just think that there could have been a nicer way, and at least to show a little bit of empathy, um, given given the uh, the situation that we find ourselves in. Anyhow, that's um, I think we'd just be around in circles, just going on about it. Um, good riddance, and uh, good luck to whoever um, wins it. Um, so on the weekend, yeah. So uh, Monday morning our time, but the late game Sunday. We, As usual. Uh, yes, yes, but hopefully what a Saturday game. Actually, that's one of the big. That's one of the other big things is that we can actually maybe get some get some rescheduled games on the on the uh, on on Saturdays now, so as we don't have to be taught be tortured through these Monday morning sort of. Uh, I tell you what. I tell you what, though, if we're heading for fourth or we're aiming to win fourth, they're going to schedule us on Sunday because they get probably their good ratings then. So let's, yeah. let's not jump the gun too yeah. much. But let's but let's just hope that we can get some Saturday games because we're not in Europe. And exactly. Um, and, and yeah, let's 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 see what um, what Sky and Fox and all those other places uh, people sort of do for us. So anyhow, um, we were. I was pretty much unsure about what sort of lineup it was going to be interesting because we may have been able to detect who had COVID and, and I know that there was some training sessions and some uh, A-lists and so forth that you can sort of try and work out who, who was on the A-list that, you know, for yes. the, for those, for those um, conference leagues that wasn't at training. I just didn't really bother with researching any of that, but um, there was some um, interesting, dare I say, you know, um, resurrections of uh, of some sort of players, um, we had uh, Sessignon playing on um, on the left back. We had uh, Deli Ali uh, replacing uh, Lucas, the Brazilian, and uh, Winks in the uh, in the middle of the park uh, next to Dombele. So I thought you were going to stop and say there's the only three. Yeah, now look, what Sessignon is. I don't know if there's a resurrection because it's more like a he's come back from injury. Like he's been so injured. Like there was that year we bought all these players and they're basically just been continually injured one way or another. Um, but yes, you're right. 
it's been it was an interesting lineup because of those changes whether they were maybe the odd one was a for, forced upon him but um overall it it was weird and that i suppose looking at the lineup before the game i felt a bit a, a bit more of a trepidation let us say about the outcome and how we're going to play however that was not to be the case yeah yeah so um how did you ha, you mentioned before that you, obviously you thought that we that we played well in the intro to this uh to this particular episode you know what sort of impressed you the most about the team and you know where where can you see the conte factor coming out well i suppose compared to the last two managers the conte factor is more in the uh quick switch from defending to attacking where suddenly we're up there in numbers going forward uh trying to score as opposed to the previous two where you know it was it was a case of uh let's just hold back and not go forward or there wasn't it didn't feel as much intent of going forward you know and that sort of showed in how many times we did have shots on goal and so forth in the past under Mourinho Nuno um i think defensively they were aggressive um and intently so there was winks sort of desperately going into tackles and winning them as well Sessegnon as well, just winning tackles. Uh, and their timing was very good. <laughs> we can mention another one a bit later on. That wasn't so good. But um, yeah, overall, I think there was a bit... I mean, look, we were really under the pump at times um, as well. Um, but we managed to, you know, get rid of the ball from our, you know, area. Um, also, Lloris had some blinding saves uh so um he was on his game we, we still made mistakes for uh their two goals but overall i think that you can see where we're playing more as a unit defensively the responsibility is on everyone uh we line up you know we really go at them from the top from the, you know the, from our front line as opposed to backing off under the previous two and trying to defend sort of outside our box or something similar. But for me, the impressive thing is, is when we do get control of the ball, we aim to hit forward and to aim to hit fast and not just one or two, but, you know, we had players who, um, you know, like Dali Ali going in and becoming the third attacking player in the box, you know, and, uh, showing some of that old sort of fight and sort of that old spirit of really attacking and, tr and trying, you know, to score goals. And the same with uh, Sun, I think he was there. So I think Sun's has gained some of his form, so that is good for us. Harry Kane scored with the typical Harry Kane nice finish, you know, just a placement of the ball. Um, overall, I think Winks did very well, not only defensively, but also to pass the ball forward as opposed to sideways, you know, like the old Ray, Ray Wilkins way. He, he was looking to go forward and attack and our attackers were trying to make space to get to receive that ball or run onto a ball. Um, I think Sessignon on that other side, along with Davies, um, shut up Salah, 
you know, he he was nowhere to be seen or trying. To, so that was um, that was a victory in one sense. Um, and I think for me, especially in the first half, Don Ballet and his vision and his passing, there was there's just obviously the uh, Harry Kane golf came from him. But there was one before that where he's threaded the ball to Sun and Sun had a very good chance to score and mess that. So he his vision helped us. But I don't think he's I don't think he can last longer than 60 minutes, to tell you the truth. I think he came back and then he wasn't really there. Um, I liked his defensive, how he, he used the defense, the space defensively. Like he obviously he's got a role within the team where he's shielding space. So you didn't see much going to a tackle, but he was shielding that space. So the option for the guy with the ball had to move it around. So that's that's some some good education, I think, from Conte trying to put him somewhere where at least he's um, protecting an area. Um, though, to tell you the truth, how long he stays at Spurs if he's there after January, um, he'll be the end of the season. He'll probably go. I can't really see him fitting in as well to his to this system. Um, You're still talking about Ndombele? Ndombele, yeah. Yes, yep, yep. Yeah, so um, that's I'm thinking. I can't see him being there unless I think unless some kind of miracle happens and he's playing every game. I think that we have other players who could probably do a, a better role within that system. We don't have that creative player though. But then I think for me, it's like he maybe the system doesn't suit him that well. It would probably he. I would love to see him play in a you know, attacking midfielder with two attackers in front of him, like with Son and Kane, and him providing the ball. Because he, he's got phenomenal, phenomenal talent, but it's not always applied. And um, yeah. I think it also said a lot about who missed out, given that so many spots were up for grabs in that sort of midfield. And you look at um, Bergvine. Didn't uh, oh, didn't yeah. did, didn't get a go. I mean, Lacelso now must be. He's likely played his last game, hasn't he? Well, yeah, so many rumours flying about it. You cannot see him ever pulling on the shirt again, surely. Well, if who knows? I'm, I, I mean, I mean, we're we're in a we're a point there where you know Hoybier, Holberg, Hoyberg. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, he has been overlooked for possibly the the most out-of-form player on the planet in Deli Alley. Um, he couldn't get in for Harry Winks. Um, Bele is sort of seen as uh, majorly unfit but still better than him. Um, you've got to say, you know, there is, you know, personally, I think he's played his last game for us. Um I think he'll be off in January. Um, I think that Bergwijn, there's a lot of talk about him. Uh, Ajax. Ajax, yep. So yes. I, I can see that happening. And you know what? Like, I like him and I wanted him, you know, like I thought that when he was getting games at the start of the year, I thought that um, <clears throat> whilst the side, I think, was just set up and there was an immediate imbalance, I don't blame him. I don't think that he was... Um, he hasn't really been given a chance, but I think it would be better for his um, for his development and his um, for him to get game time and so forth is for him to go back to uh, to Holland Agreed. to IX. Yeah, especially in a World Cup year. 
Exactly, exactly. He, yeah. Yeah, he needs to be back. And so I think probably those, like Loschelsko, uh, Bergwijn, I think you've got to say are off. Um, yeah, well, that's uh, the rumours are that um, Loschelsko wants to go back to Betis, where he's come from. Yeah. I think when we bought him, he was on loan to somebody. I can't really remember the details, but he wants to go back to Spain, play in a you know, probably play in a system that suits him. Oh, he and wants so- to be he wants to be the main person, and for for the time that he has been at the club, and it's not like, and I know he had there was some injuries, but really, he hasn't even looked remotely good enough. That, that's just me. Um, what about Winks? Winks and Ali are the the important ones. I I was really impressed with Winks. So, and I got I get the feeling that Conte likes him. He has been included off the bench many times. A lot of Spurs fans, and I think rightly so, I understand that. Um, sort of think that you know his days were sort of numbered. Um, I think that he is one that will probably survive the culling. Um, it's it's really him and and Alley, You know, like. I still think. I mean, there's there's big talk about him, like to Newcastle. Um, yes, that's true. That's, that's the uh, that's sort of the big sort of talk now. Whether that's, I think we would like to loan. I think they would like to buy. Um, they're cashed up. We can, you know, if we are smart and can get a good enough price, like a fifty or a sixty. I mean, I know he played a, a great game. And so forth. I don't think it was a spectacular game. I think he did all of the simple things right. He linked up well, um, was kind of forward thinking, and so forth. But you know, those the the days of him in our shirt, especially going into the box and exploding and, and doing all those things. You know, the juggle goal against Palace—they're done. You know, it's we. It is a different play now. It's weather. Um, it's what Conte thinks of him. I think I think he played a role, and everybody in the stadium was singing the name. I was uh, loving watching him. The reality that I still have is that um, it's either he needs to play every game, you know, between now and um, and the start of January. That's probably the only way that he sort of stays with us, I think, you know, is like, has he permanently displaced someone like Mura or was this purely him being in because of uh, Mura only maybe just recovering from COVID and and oh, being who, seen as, yeah. as, as, as a way to only sort of, like, I know Mura came on, but perhaps he was certainly fit enough to, to play, but you just ease him in and then Mura is sort of back in. Well, I think with Mura is there's a lack of consistency in his performance. He'll play a really good game or really 60 minutes and disappear. And then the next game, he doesn't show that. I mean, he shows a lot of running, but he doesn't show that other bit of his game. So um, that's the thing with Mura. Mura is like on his game, he's unbelievable. He'll have a go. He'll run. He'll he'll, he'll attack the defenders and get past them and um, – but it's it's not every week. It's not that consistent. And I think maybe Conte realizes that and think, well, let's try before the um the window opens, let me try some of these players. And don't forget, Daly did really well against Liverpool, 
who were one of the top three. So it was, you know, what I could understand if, you know, we played Norwich and we easily beat them, it's blah, blah, blah. Um, but he played a side that's going for the title. Um, and if it wasn't really, uh, and I think he could have, he had a goal that he should have scored when he, it was almost like open. He just, I don't know whether it was yeah. blase or he just, he didn't know where he was. It was like he kind of snatched at it because it, you know, it was, it was wide open and he sort of side footed, but it's like the ball sort of came to him a bit quicker and yeah. you could tell it just sort of rebounded off the foot, sort of like almost um, like a half volley, except it stayed on the carpet. Yeah, well, he, I think, you know, to me, it was almost like his reaction afterwards, like in shock horror. It's almost like someone moved the goalposts because I think <laughs> three when, when ago, we're at training, the post is meant to be over there, yeah. not over uh, there. <laughs> three years, three years ago, that would have been in, you know, he, he wouldn't with his eyes closed, but those times have changed and maybe needed a bit more concentration to make sure he finished it. But like you said, it could have just, I don't know, but look, his performance was good and you, you cannot doubt that he was one of our better players in that game. I so it certainly will be very interesting to see what the makeup of um, the next the next match is going to be. Um, I wanted to also ask you your opinion of Kane's performance because uh, he took a really good goal, um, you know, from the pass from Ndombele. <laughs> um, what I liked most about the goal was, you know, obviously the finish was one thing, but it was like, I want to see what the celebration is going to be like, you know, and he got up and he celebrated, you know, was on his knees, you know, doing that sort of sliding sort of celebration, you know, so it really felt like he was engaged for the first, for the first time, probably since this season started, I really sort of felt that yes, he is, um, 100 percent uh well not 100 percent, but he was well on his way to feeling like an integral well certainly from fans point of view we, we sort of felt that he was a little bit more engaged and i think more importantly he was feeling more an integral part of the side oh look i think getting someone like conte in shows the ambition of your club and maybe he understood that. He probably understands where Conte is in respect to world coaches. So he's right up there. I mean, you can I mean you can say what you want about when we had Mourinho, the serial winner, but you know, he was at like you know, three thirty on the five o'clock uh watches clock, you know. Now we have someone that is like literally at eleven o'clock. I mean, we have we, he's not even at his peak yet. Or he or oh, his uh, peak or his peak is now, and he's done so much. Already, already, you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he is right up there with like the, um, you know, the coaches that I've always thought that we would never ever get. You know, guys like um, you know the Guardiola's of the world and so forth, where they're in their prime, they are going to clubs that meet his ambition, and to have Conte here is uh, really yes. fantastic. Anyhow, 
Well, Sorry, let's I see what happens in January, though. You know what I mean? With that ambition. But you look, exactly. I think having Conte here is a good, uh, almost um, about face for Levy, you know, um, especially after the summer shenanigans. And uh, what normally happens is that he backs the managers for a window and then all of a sudden everything is reined in. I think he might I, look to me. I still think he has regrets about Pochettino, where he probably, hopefully, this is a learning experience where I should have backed him for those two windows where we bought no one. It's like, well, and, and, and you know, and I'm assuming the club also boasted about it as well, you know. And I think in some of our podcasts, we probably thought, look at that, look how good Pochettino is. He still hasn't got any, but we were warned. This what was going to happen, and it happened. And uh, that I think Levy now maybe hopefully sees it as a missed opportunity because buying players in those windows, A, they would have probably been cheaper because you're not that desperate. You've got a good side. You're just basically adding to the squad. So you're not, you're not looking at – no one's going to add a zero because you're turning up going, I'm desperate, I need these players – as opposed to, oh, we're just adding to it, you know. Um, I think with Paratici as well, the way he he gets players where he won't look at just one player for a position, he'll look at, you know, three or four players and and do the deal that best suits the club. Uh, so the, it, it's going to be interesting to see who we get in in January, whether I think you, you're looking at five and I'm thinking maybe at best two or three will come. It's not, it's, it's a strange, January is a strange window because A, everything's much more expensive because players are in sort of, they've still got a year and a half to go. It's not the end of the season where they've only got a year of their contract. There's a few players actually who are maybe very close to being on freeze. So they might be the ones we look at. And it really depends um, the, um, what Paratici is looking at as players. Obviously, they're going to have to come through um, Juventus, so players that he probably thought were good for Juventus or maybe either didn't get them or had bought them and then have, they've gone on. So there's going to be that type of player. Um, I think certainly so- in the war room that, that you know that he and, um, and Conte sit in, that... Paratici and and he have already identified who are the um, who are the who are the main uh, yeah what's what's the hit list and these are the one two three four five players that we're going to be sort of like looking at. Um, it's now just a case of okay, execution, and this is where I am curious to see how Paratici works. Um, I, I've said before, I think that there'll be a transfer on the first day. I, I really do yeah, you think... You do, don't you? Yeah, because I think that, you know, unlike with the Steve Hitchens, uh, he who doesn't like the transfer window yet, that was his main job at the club, was uh, recruitment, is that, you know, we've we've had somebody who I think kind of almost needed to babysit Nuno, but no longer has to do that with Conte. And can 
go ahead and do what he needs to do in regards to recruitment and that sort of thing. So there's been all of this stuff that's been going on in, in the background. Um, that's why I think that there will be some earlier business. We're not going to be leaving it late to the end of the transfer window because we've got extra games. We've got to get rid of players. You know, this is the whole, this is, this is the other thing. We either loan out these players or be done with the deadwood. So the Doherty's of the world, the the Bergvines, the the um, Chelsos, they all need to go. They've they've literally played their last game for us. You could be right. Let's just wait yeah. and see. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but you know, to... yeah. Now, all I was going to say, there's players that have to leave. You know, only just through just having the good of their careers. Well, you just know? even just from selfish reasons for Spurs, like we need them to go to be able to give these other players squad numbers so they can play in the Premier League. You know, that that's that's the other thing. That's a very we good point. We need to get three or four players to go or else they're just going to be training with the youth mm. side because they won't, they'll lose their squad number. What's your prediction for what's going to happen to Larice? I mean, I'm yet to hear that he has signed on. He'll be a free transfer at the at the end. I mean, is there? Do you think that he'll be back in France next year, or do you think that um, are we looking to to move on from that? I mean, I, I you know I don't want to lose him. I think he's you know you mentioned before the blinding saves and everything. I mean, people have a golden base distribution, but I'd rather have someone that can make those saves uh, than, you know, and obviously, you know, yeah. distribution is still important, don't get me wrong, but, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit unsure about how I feel about all this, yeah. Well, he's we've had him for so long and he's really an important part of the club and he showed on the weekend that his, his reflexes are still very sharp and distribution is basically a, a point of getting him into training and just doing the same thing a hundred times. And then, um, but his distribution hasn't been that bad. Hmm. I thought this, this season so far. Well, no, it seemed like a lot of people complain about it. And, you know, I, I mean, the, the one thing that irritates me the most is this, is this intent that from goal kicks, that we that we play it sideways into the corners and we you know and we invite trouble sort of that way we invite that press and I know the idea is to bring people down so as there's more room up the pitch I mean that's the only thing I can think of as to why there is this well, exactly well that's why yeah. you need to make that space from where you want to sort of get the ball you want to maintain possession so if you yeah, when you've got allowed- Sanchez on one side and you've got Ben Davies on the other. Or, or Eric Dyer, it doesn't. It doesn't leave me very uh, confident. Well, I think Ben Davis has been doing well under Conte. So I maybe you're, you're, Sanchez, you're his number one fan. I think that if no, I uh, if you bought a shirt, you get Dave no, on the back. No, no, I don't get num- names on the back. Um, I just get the shirt. <laughs> I can't afford names. <laughs> um, no, look. He's he's playing much better under Conte. It's almost like, you know, he's second wind or something like that. So he's, you know, depending on who we who we buy and so forth, whether in January or um, the next Northern Summer, he's playing an important role in that back three. 
And he's flexible. He's flexible. He, he's he's like a Swiss Army knife. He can sort of play in a couple of different positions, but he's not a master of any. But I agree well, with I, you. He is doing a job at the moment. And, and he, he doesn't have – what I like about it is he does – even though he does, he is going forward, that's not his main priority. Like if you play left back, you need to be going up and down the wing. Now, he's he doesn't really have the pace for that. So someone like Sessegnon is ideal for that. And then ten, together when we're defending, that it's that left side that has had a couple of great combinations, whether, you know, it's Reguillon or Sessegnon, my terrible accent, <laughs> uh, with Davies. You know, they, they've really stopped the other side from really working that wing. So we need to have that on the other side too now, um, but which means we need someone maybe a bit more better than, um, or someone, it's almost mm. like you need to convert another right, a right back to that type of center back position. Or uh, we have to remember as well that Romero is out injured yes. for a while. So that would have been his natural spot. And I think he would have been great um, with Royale on that side, allowing Royale to go forward, but also working as a pack defensively to stop anyone going through there. So, um, you know, maybe we do have that. But I, I think if so, if the system has changed and the coach has changed and suddenly you see two, three players who suddenly have got a second wind, um, the question is, do you give them that chance to continue? That's obviously up to Conte, but it's kind of like, well, he's playing so much better now. Uh, he's playing with much more confidence. His shooting is not very good. Uh that's the only thing with some of these combinations. They need to really, you know, in that second training session, just stick them near the goals and let them just shoot, you know, under a bit of pressure and so forth. Get, get some under-23s to come down and, uh, you know, sort of put some pressure in defensive. So, you know, they've, they've only try to get it as close to a sort of game-style process going so they can improve their, their shooting and their timing. So that's uh, it's look great. It's great seeing him go forward, but then there isn't that rewards at the end from that attacking point of view. You know, going into those attacking spots, you need to be able to shoot at least keep it on target, and uh, that's sort of a learning experience. But we still need that bit of it, and I think him and as well also Reguillon are not there with their shooting. But yeah, what do you do? I, I would you would you sell him? I wouldn't sell him yet. If no. he's providing, he's providing that, you know, unless somehow he's flexible. He he's he's a right sort of size and um, he's doing a job sort of at the moment, definitely. Yes. Um. Almost coming to the end, so but I wanted to get your take on a couple. Well, we know that Robertson got the red card for his hack, but also I wanted to get your take on. Kane, was he lucky to remain on the pitch for his for his uh, studs tackle? Yes. Studs up tackle. I think so. Look, let's be honest that the situation has been reversed with Spurs. We've had players who have got a yellow in a similar situation against us. Liverpool have done it to other teams as well. It's not like suddenly 
Liverpool are the victims. They have been the perpetrators <laughs> in the past. You know, it's kind of like a decision where, look, Harry Kane is not a defensive player. So for him he, to go and do that, it's going to look maybe because it's an unusual situation for him to be in. Maybe that's why he got away with it. His English captain, he will, he he plays the game in a certain way. He, he's not malicious. And so I think all that played a part in the referee's decision. And the referees are human too. So if they've said, well, this guy doesn't really do this sort of thing. Uh, so it was an accident. Now, Robertson, the way his decision was, he just... He didn't even go for, at least you could see Harry Kane going for the ball. He was just basically half a second too late in in sort of that whole momentum thing, as opposed to Robertson just when he just kicked the player. It's like he no intention, <laughs> you know. The, he just whacked him. It's like, well, yeah, I'm annoyed. I'm just going to kick you. And so you can see that intention because he wasn't nowhere near the ball. Um, but really, I suppose... Did he have a look at the VAR if he had? Yes. I, I can't remember. Well, yeah, because it was originally a yellow and then he, he was told oh, to have the, a look. Yeah, yeah. And then he made the uh made the call. And interestingly, just on that, he didn't go to where, where the coaches are. He's directly on the opposite side of the field where yeah. you know there is all these fans, uh, you know, and there's no dugout or anything, but then there's just this TV. It yeah, it's weird, there. wasn't it? It it's looked weird. so out of place. And, I mean, yeah, imagine right. if you are sitting there. I mean, is that TV just sort of, is it normally sort of uh, on its side and then they just sort of bring it up and connect it? Oh, uh, right. I mean, you I get don't know. annoyed. Yeah, I don't know, because if I was sitting there and I had season tickets and I was there looking at it, I mean, I would be furious, absolutely oh, yeah. furious to, to have to. You miss um, half the game. Oh, it's just at least ridiculous. Turn, tell them at least turn the TV around so I can watch the tally. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I, that's something that I might have a look at, you know, in, in the next few games is like, you know, when you – the only thing is because the way that the camera angle is, we only see the dugout. Yeah. Don't we? We don't get to see the other side. So I think that that's, that's kind of why it looks so strange is because – when when you're watching the game, it's always that's that that's yeah. the view. So we don't really we don't really see it. Might the, the the only time you you might be able to sort of see it is if you record, you know, them sort of walking out, and you can you're right behind them, and you can see right to the other yeah. side of the field, and then it's like, can you see this little screen just sort of standing there? I mean, to <laughs> me, it makes it makes no sense to me to have that sort of. No. Yeah, I mean, it should be on like some sort of like tripod type sort of thing that can be collapsed and then sort of, you know, maybe brought back up. I mean, maybe that's like one of those happens. desks. Yeah, 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 exactly, desks. exactly. And just list it because, I mean, you can't expect people to be paying all that money and to have that as an obstruction week in, week out. I mean. Um, and though because it's near the centre of yeah. the pitch, they're expensive seats. They're not cheap there. Exactly, exactly. And it's be right on the on the halfway line as well. So, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I can't see that that TV screen is going to be there. I mean, normally if that was me I putting a TV just... screen in a, in a haystack, there's no doubt that you know, the TV screen would be, you know, hit by the ball and, and all that sort of thing. Yeah. And it, I only noticed it 
when he went to look at it. So maybe you're yeah. right. Maybe it gets removed or it's put away somewhere. Or even then, just just lower it. I mean, you surely you know yeah. you must have that sort of technology. You know, um, I understand. You know, you just can't put it on its side, but I'm sure there'd be somebody there that could operate it. Um, that's just there in a yellow coat or whatever like that. That just pushes a button and it just goes up, and then yeah. the screen comes on. So, well, I'm going to keep a lookout because when they switch the camera angle, yeah. Up to that side, I'm going to look for the tally. Well, you don't have long. Well, you don't have long to to look because tomorrow morning we've got West Ham in yes. the uh, in the League Cup, and then on Monday, two a.m. Great time. Um, well, actually, it's a public holiday for us. Well, yes. probably everywhere because of the Christmas falling on on Saturday. Um, we've got uh, Crystal Palace, and then. Dare I say, we probably won't get a podcast in until after maybe the Southampton game, which is uh, Wednesday morning, uh, 2 a.m. So we've got three predictions that uh, we need from you. Yes. So uh, we're at home against West Ham tomorrow morning. This is 6.45 a.m. Can you give me a prediction? Uh, We'll win 2-1 after being 1-0 down. And into the sevens. Uh, you're a mind reader because that's exactly what I would have uh, predicted. But because I aim to be different, um, I'm going to go for a 2 0 win to us. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but, but I do understand. Yeah. I do understand them scoring first and all that sort of thing. That's probably my number one prediction, but I'm just going to buck you on that. <laughs> um, so I next month. Said, hopefully, you said buck you, not. Yes, okay. <laughs> Capital but Okay, um, then Monday uh, we host Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace, we've already played them once before. And... Um, the diabolical. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, and it wasn't a great performance. It was one of yeah. our, you know, games where we didn't get... So, obviously, this is going to be different. Um, can you... We're obviously playing at home as well. Your prediction, please. 3-0. Uh, Interesting. Silence in the court. Well, look, I think we are... Three is a lot of goals for us. You know that. Well, I don't know. I'm not saying that we don't have the firepower, but the way that we're we're currently setting up and everything like that, you know... mm. Look, I think the last few games, we're having more and more chances, those sort of... No goals on target, no shots on target sort of have slowly disappeared. So we're building that up. We could have had many, we could have really won the game at halftime if we took our Correct. chances. And they weren't sort of impossible chances. They were good chances to score. So we could have been 3-0 up or at halftime or something similar. So I think against uh, Crystal Palace, who probably struggling a bit. I think we'll have more confidence and um, I think we'll, I feel we'll have more time to get it right this time. And we'll a bit, a bit more fresher as well. Yeah. So you're saying three, one, three, one, three, nil. Let me just even be, yeah. yeah. Let, well, let me turn into your shadow and say three, nil, because this uh, is you can't be in my shadow because my prediction is four, nil. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> 
I am surprised you didn't say five, but say you've been almost semi-realistic. Well, it was on the tip of my tongue, but I thought I'd, I, I thought I'd be more realistic. Um, and then we're off to St. Mary's, Southampton. Yeah. Uh, so this is Wednesday, Wednesday morning, at two a.m. Um, you will you be working or? Are you working yeah. through this week? Yes, yeah, so am I. Unfortunately, but, yes. Everyone's yeah. taken the, the the days off. Yeah, but you know, last. I think we can bend the rules and, and stay up and watch that one, or at least get up and watch it. Um, your prediction against Southampton. I tell you the truth, this one I'm I'm really James Ward Prowse. Yeah, well, you know, Danny he, he looks better. Oh no, yeah. Well, well he's only got Sanchez to to navigate. I, I, let, let, let's get into the Christmas spirit and uh, say we will win 2-1. Okay. I'm going. Uh, yeah, I, I sort of think that that could be a 3-0 win. Whoa, okay. For Spurs, hopefully. Yes, yes, of course. 0-3 <laughs> yeah. away. 0-3, yeah. Look, I think... We're building. I think we're building momentum. I think Harry Kane's almost there. You know, he showed that that calmness in his finishing against Liverpool. Um, so, yeah, I think it's clicking, and that's why this is serious, Mum, because I think it's clicking. <laughs> the you know the bits that we from game to game. Oh, this bit's good in the system. Oh, this bit's good. Is slowly combining together into a whole, you know, game plan uh, from the defence. We're still a bit rickety in defence, I think. Sometimes we look a bit too desperate to get the ball out as opposed to um, at ease. Um, but it's slowly coming together. And so, which means basically the, all these extra training sessions with Conte are starting to pay off. Everyone understands what they're supposed to do. And he's always, you know, he'll fix anything that's not working. And a few of them are probably thinking, oh, I better play well or else I'm out of here. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we're on a nice little roll. So uh, I think we'll beat Southampton. Cool, cool. You know, I really, you know, I'm really looking, for, I'm really desperate for Jan if we are playing some of the catch-up games to get that closer to the to the that top four spot yeah yeah and then of course after new year's day we'll be playing watford away uh, and that is a saturday night game so slash sunday morning 2 a.m so we get our wish <laughs> thank you thank you uh uefa <laughs> yes yes and then and then there is a gap there's an eight day gap between oh, the second be- of January and and the tenth of January, where we play um, Morecambe uh, at home in the, in FA, the FA Cup, Cup. Third, third round, yeah, you oh, wonder you great. wonder if maybe they might put a game in between there. Some well, we're playing sort of two games a week from now on, so they might or they might say, well, maybe um, they might have a break. Well, I mean, according I, to I the don't... yeah, according to the fixture, we got a game on the second of January, then the tenth of January. So there's a week there's a week there. Um, yeah. And then there's another week where we host Arsenal and then we go to Chelsea a week after that. So there is there is some gaps there um, if we want to play midweek games. So I would expect that somewhere along there we might be playing Brighton and um, 
or Burnley or something. And, and Burnley and uh, maybe yeah, a bit, so... it's a bit too cold to play Burnley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have they put out the Kickstarter Kickstarter to get the under under saw heaty going? Oh, I'll put a couple of quid in there. <laughs> Jesus. Cool. All right. Well, I reckon we leave it there. And yes, it's too. We uh, we tootle off, and um, let's aim maybe for I don't know next Wednesday to see where we're at. You know, because there'll be three games in this sort of busy sort of period uh, for us to have a have a talk about. Um, yes. Okay. Um, see how if, we go. If there is nothing else, we might leave it there. Yes. Okay. Come on, you Spurs. Have a merry coys. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs>